0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. This week on Meetin and 3, we explore the relationship between food and style. I
2: knew from the start that I never wanted to, like, hot glue bread onto my body. <laughs> like, I wanted to be able to eat, enjoy it after. And I did. Food, which
1: is so ephemeral, right, It's something that you eat and it disappears. With an image, it remains. It stays alive forever.
0: Food and fashion align in that they're both lenses through which to look at culture, right? And they're both also tangible things we can use to express ourselves and our identities.
1: Tune in to Meet in 3, available wherever you get your podcasts.
2: And welcome to the Feed Feed Podcast. I'm Alexa Santos, a food editor at the Feedfeed, Feed, the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Throughout season four of the Feedfeed Feed Podcast, we will be trying to help you solve that daily question that we're all faced with, which is what's for dinner? Each week we will be speaking with members of the hashtag Feedfeed Feed community, who are a constant source of ideas and inspiration and help us get dinner on the table every night. Today I am joined by Fabrizio Viopondo, a.k.a. The Moody Foodie on social media. Fabrizio is an L.A.-based artist and home chef known for his soothing cooking videos online. His vision is to inspire home cooks of all skill levels and show them how restaurant-quality food can be made while wearing sweats in the comfort of their own home. Check him out on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at The Moody Foodie. Welcome to the Feed Feed podcast, Fabrizio. I am so excited to have you.
3: Hey, Alexa! It's such a pleasure to uh, have you and be able to be here. I'm excited.
2: <laughs> this is a big day for everybody involved.
3: <laughs> this is a big day. This is this. I think it's been a long time coming. It really
2: has. We need to get we need to get down to business.
3: We <laughs> were able to get the game back together. Alexa. Get the
2: game back together. <laughs> so tell me, I I know your story, but for those who don't know, tell us like about your like what was your culinary sort of evolution? Like you. Obviously, came from a Mexican household. Like, tell us about like your backstory with like what you were kind of learning in the kitchen, kind of watching your family back in the day when you were just a wee, a wee moody foodie.
3: <laughs> when I was a little, a little moody junior. Uh, <laughs> so I, my, a lot of people. So yes, I uh, have both parents. They immigrated from Mexico, Guadalajara, Jalisco. Um, so I grew up in a very uh, Mexican like culturally rich home. Uh, But unfortunately, my mother didn't really know how to cook. And so she was a stay-at-home mother. Uh, She's very lovely. She's amazing. Uh, But uh, so when people ask me, what sort of typical Mexican dishes did you grow up with? I tell them hamburger helper because (laughs) she always cooked out (laughs) of a box. Um, But my father, he worked uh, as a line cook for a while. Um, And so he knew how to cook, but he was always working. So growing up, I didn't really know too much Mexican food unless my grandmother visited or had relatives visit, or I went to Mexico when I was younger. So I didn't really grow up with too much Mexican food, a lot of Mexican culture, but not too much of the food. So as I was growing older, I didn't really have that much influence. And and it's kind of nice though, as an adult, I'm sort of discovering what Mexican cuisine is, and I'm sort of getting in touch with my roots that way.
2: That's so cool. So were you like in the kitchen at all when you were little or just watching the hamburger help or like when were you fascinated by food? Like when did your interest start for food? Basically, I,
3: I think it was the first time that I criticized my mother's cooking at a young age and I think <laughs> she was uh, she was fed up with it. So I I can't remember what she made, um, but I was I was very pretentious at a young age and I didn't yeah. like something that my mother made. So she told me, OK, cook for yourself then. I think I started off with the typical, you know, like fried egg. I was pretty young. I was probably like 10 or 11 and I started sort of messing around the kitchen. A lot of pantry meals, a lot of uh, let's see what we can make with this. Um, I I know I remember I used to love making like ultimate sandwiches. That was a huge thing. Trying to make sauces out of but like various condiments and whatnot. Um, so, so I had an interest of exploring in the kitchen at a very young age, I would say
2: well, look at that. That was the one good thing about your mom being a bad cook (laughs) is you like started figuring it out. So then, (laughs) so then at a certain point you, you moved to LA, you're like working in restaurants and you're starting to learn that way. Correct.
3: Um, yes. Yes. Uh, I, I think I didn't really start learning. I, but I think I realized how beautiful the process of like making food is uh because as any young artist in los angeles knows uh you're a waiter (laughs) and so when i was waiting i used to not really care about food i used to just be very satisfied with uh you know canned tuna and frozen vegetables which is fine i guess but uh but when i was working as you know like a busboy and a waiter um i started being so, like food was just so attractive. It was so cool. You know, the people on the line uh, just making like hundreds of dishes in the matter of just a few hours. Um, and it was a delicious food. And I was very attracted to that.
2: Ooh, attracted to I
3: was, it. I was attracted to the line. It's incredible. <laughs> I don't think I could ever I don't think I'd ever be capable to work on the line. But it sort of uh, motivated me to want to try some cooking of my own at home
2: yeah so tell the backstory not the backstory, but like you are an artist, right so like what type of art were you trying to achieve when you came to l a
3: so I have always been a painter uh when I was uh f- probably five or six, my father's best friend since they were like in kindergarten he visited uh our family and he is a uh he's a professional painter and that's what he does for work, and he you know supports his family that way. And I thought it was extremely cool, and he's extremely talented. So he basically turned our garage into sort of like a, a art studio for like a couple weeks. And one day, I just remember like five or six, young little Moody. I was just staring through the like doorway watching him work, and he was a very intense guy. And he looks at me, and he goes, if you're going to watch me, at least join me. And I so I was like, okay. So he, like, put up a little easel, put up, like, a little piece of, like, scrap canvas and some gave me some paints. And uh, he, I guess, taught me how to paint a little bit. And once he left, I became sort of obsessed. Like, I remember I was, like, most of my childhood was crying at the fact that I couldn't recreate the Mona Lisa with, like, watercolors. <laughs> so I was just, like, and I would like, just be in my room just painting. And that sort of went on until I was in high school and I was in art classes. Uh, And I was going to go to art school, but then I decided to go to Los Angeles instead.
2: Oh, my God. Okay, so I actually didn't know that part. I didn't know that part of your childhood story and trauma.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a very peculiar way to grow up, just, like, staring at all these, like, classical paintings, and all I had was a Crayola watercolor set and a piece of printer paper.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. I was very obsessed We're a troubled artist, so I ask that just because it does. I feel like it all kind of makes sense. Like anybody who's familiar with Fabrizio's videos, like there is definitely an art to them, and there's you can tell that that's kind of the way your mind works, and it's not the way that mine works. Obviously, like I don't have an artistic bone in my body, so it's it's kind of cool to see that intersection of kind of art, the artistic nature that you have with the painting and everything else and kind of how that comes to life in the food that you make and the way that you film food. So it is it is kind of cool to hear that. I won't give you a hard time about that one. That one's <laughs> actually...
3: <laughs> for, yes. For, for sparing me on this one.
2: Yes. No, that's actually... That's cute. So <laughs> you came to LA. You were trying to act. You were involved in the arts. You started working at restaurants. You basically, like you you can give your spiel about how you were the world's crappiest waiter, right?
3: (laughs) Um, So, by the way, um, if anyone was served on the Sunset Strip between the years 2016 and 2020, you may be entitled to legal compensation because I was a terrible waiter. I lied my way. So I used to work at a very dumpy little coffee shop. No offense if anyone that worked there is listening to this. (laughs) A great I just, establishment. I mean, it was like right off of Hollywood Boulevard. It wasn't really like a good street. It was just like more of a mess to work there than anything. Um, and and I remember this one guy, Dave Latour, amazing dude. He used to work as the, um, the, the bar administrator or something, like the bar manager at uh, the Mondrian Hotel on the Sunset Strip. Mm. Uh, the restaurant was called Ivory on Sunset. So Dave latour is this uh oh my gosh you're gonna kill me uh Hoboken is it Hoboken
2: yes okay, okay.
3: he's uh, just this very like Jersey most joyy guy from Hoboken and uh, I remember I was I was uh practicing for an audition that needed that required me to have a, a like a Brooklyn accent and I thought he was from Brooklyn <laughs> so I so I remember it, and he was like a regular so we had a bit of a rapport. And I was like, hey, Dave, could you, like, help me with this Brooklyn Axe? He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, kid. Yeah, let me help you out. <laughs> and uh, and then, we, you know, we get to talking, and then he's like, hey, you know, you're a pretty cool kid. Like, what are you doing behind the coffee shop? I'm like, ah, you know, he's like, how much are you making tips? At the time, I was really excited. I was like, oh, I make, like, $100 a week. And he's like, oh, my cute. God. How about you? Do you want to double that and make that every night? And I was like, yeah, of course. So he's like, come to the Sunset Strip. It's called the Manjuan Hotel. So I go to the Manjuan Hotel and I'm telling him like, hey, I've like, I've never waited tables before. And there's like a, like a nice place. He told me to lie on my resume and he said that he would uh, make it work. And so I Um, went, I was probably like just turned 19. So I go to this super nice uh, restaurant, lie on my resume. And uh, yeah, he like got me in. I remember uh, they're like, oh yeah, we'll start you off as a waiter. And I was like, um, I just started as a busboy, worked my way up. And they're like, we love that. Love that energy. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, it was just me at 19, you know, giving wine pairings and recommendations. I had never even had a glass of wine, that, like, besides church when I was like, in my first communion.
2: Oh, my God.
3: And so, yeah, I just kind of had to fake it till I made it. And uh, <laughs> I just ended up working at, like, nice restaurants. I uh, was terrible though, very forgetful, very clumsy. Uh, you know, sometimes I would sit with the guests, which apparently you can't do. Uh, you know, enjoy a glass of wine here and there that the guests give you. It was a it was a fun era of my life, um, but I was definitely not good.
2: You were definitely markedly unqualified. For- I think it was
3: pretty cool though. Like to the, I was a man of the people. You know, uh, you from were me, a man your of the people. perspective, awful. <laughs>
2: The guests probably loved you though.
3: Some of them I think they did, yeah. A uh, brunch service? Oh my gosh, it was a party.
2: Oh my gosh. Okay, so I didn't I didn't know that backstory of it either. So this is actually very exciting. I'm jazzed about I'm jazzed about all of this. <laughs> so you're working in these restaurants, lying, cheating, and stealing your way to <laughs> That's
3: Hollywood, baby.
2: That's Hollywood. And so then the pandemic hits. Oh yeah. And you're out of a job. And so what do you do? (laughs) I
3: I mean, I was just like sitting in my apartment, just watching Bon Appetit, like drinking wine at noon, (laughs) um, as I think a lot of people were doing. And, you know, at that point, I had already I had I'd been fascinated by like binging with Babish, Joshua Weissman, the Bon Appetit uh, test kitchen. uh, Rest in peace. And, you know, like a lot of those uh, big uh, Chef John from com. if you're a real one, I'm sure you know. I'm not um, a real one. So I, was, I always like watch this food content, um, but I never had sort of uh, any motivation to cook. I just enjoyed watching. I found it comforting. I mean, I grew up watching Rachel Ray with my mother, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of Food Network growing up. But I never really wanted to cook. And then when the pandemic hit, I thought, hey. I have all the time in the world that, like, I don't know how long this is going to last. I need to eat regardless. Why don't I like cook myself stuff? Right. So then I think, I think one of the first recipes I made was the bone appetite, like, like chicken parm or something. I was like, I think it can mm-hmm. be chicken parm. So I made that. And my roommates at the time, they tasted it and they're like, Oh my gosh, it's like really good. Um, if you want, we'll pay for all the groceries as long as you cook for us. So I was like, I was basically like a little private chef for my roommates during COVID. Oh. And so that sort of gave me a lot of, um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I like, I think I can do this. I was like, I think I can make food that's, you know, it's <laughs> it's uh, edible.
2: Edible at and the very
3: least. At the very least. And people are like, my roommates are like willing to pay for the groceries. I was like, oh, if they're willing to like, dish out some money, then I think I'm doing something right. And that's why I started getting very experimental. And, you know, I started sort of developing my own recipes. Um, and then I started slowly posting, uh, on my personal Instagram, <clears throat> just pictures, just images of my food, no, no videos at the time. And I was like, wow, this, uh, picture of, a uh, of mashed potatoes got way more likes than my headshots posted. <laughs> 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 and, you know, I just, from there, I just kept posting more and more, uh, and people were like asking for recipes and, And then eventually, you know, people were like, hey, you should post on TikTok. And I was very against TikTok at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, But then I slowly got obsessed with it. And yeah, I started posting videos.
2: And how did you decide to do it in that very, like, ASMR, like, relaxing, mellow style? Because I feel like that was, I mean, in the early days of TikTok, you know, early days, like a year ago, (laughs) it was very, like... All right, guys, we're making this, da-da-da. Uh, and I no, feel like you were doing the exact opposite. Like, how did you decide to do that?
3: Which, uh, by the way, there is footage that will never see the light of day um, that I started. You know, when I was like stuck in quarantine, where I'm yeah. like, where I'm like, hey, everybody, this is Fabrizio's kitchen. Welcome back. <laughs> It was, it's terrible. No one will ever see that footage. I'm going to see it one day. Um, no, I've, I've definitely probably like deleted it and, like,
2: and burned it.
3: It, it, just, it no longer exists. Oh my God. And, um, so, I mean, I've always been sort of like a fan of like relaxing videos and ASMR and whatnot. And, um, but yeah, I I don't know. I just, I, 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 I mean, you've seen me in front of the camera. I'm extremely uncomfortable in front of the camera, which is ironic because I wanted to be an actor. <laughs> Um, perfect that doesn't make sense so then I just wanted to eliminate myself from being in front of the camera from having to speak from having to explain stuff and I just thought like from an artist's view I was like the star here is the food and I want to let the food sort of speak for itself and sort of like tell its own story all I'm doing is sort of like manipulating it to cook and but I just wanted to like focus on that and um, I mean, at the time, everyone was going through, I mean, still to such a rough uh, time in everyone's lives. And I thought, I don't want to like bombard people with this very high energy and like teaching people how to make something that I truly, I mean, this is the first time that I make Gravioli or <laughs> right now. So like, I'm not going to like teach someone how to make something that I'm making for the first time. So I'm just going to like make this video, pair it with a song that really resonated with me at the time, and then just sort of send it out. And that's sort of, I guess, how I developed my style.
2: And then nothing was the same. And
3: then nothing was the same.
2: That's crazy. Okay. This is, okay, I'm glad. We are really uncovering the story. The real, (laughs) this is like E-True Hollywood. The real moody foodie story. (laughs) So this is good. So you basically were teaching yourself by watching YouTube videos, like kind of winging it just, like, filming it. But, like, at this point now that, like, as long as I've known you, you do, you know, you are comfortable in the kitchen. And, like, there is a lot of things. Like, I feel like you've really quickly built up your repertoire of, like, things that you can do. So, like, how did that cooking style kind of evolve? Was it just, like, a lot, doing a lot of it, like, as much as you could in a short period of time? Or, like, I would probably say as an outsider that you have a natural ability in the kitchen. But, like, what do you think?
3: Well... So, you know, like usually, I don't know. I can be pretty hard on myself, so I'm like, oh, you know, Alexa. Most of my life is just winging it, which is, there's a lot of truth <laughs> to that. But also, then I like look back. I'm like, wait, no, like I actually like I spend most of my time like, especially back then, like researching. Like I like I was just like researching all the, and like you know practicing, you know, buying bags of onions and like practicing knife skills and. Um, and it takes, I mean, takes a lot of time and I think it's, I try to push that idea with a lot of the people that follow me that it's, it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of experimenting. It's a lot of seeing also there's, I don't think there's, there are certain techniques that I feel like are one size fits all, or that's sort of like the golden standard. But I mean, a lot of stuff is like, it's also to whatever is comfortable with you, you know, like for instance, something as small as like how you hold your knife. I mean, a lot of people say this is the right way to do it but I think feel like I don't know I think the way that you feel most comfortable is the right way to do it right
0: mm-hmm.
3: and um so that I sort of started figuring out ways that I found it comfortable that I find comfortable doing it and um but yeah but I also think I think I'm very I have like a good like hand-eye coordination or, like, I'm, like, I think I'm good, like, with my hands. Like, I'm, like, a, I've always been, like, a crafty guy. Yeah. Uh Whether it's, like, painting or, like, like, I also did a lot of sculpture uh when I was a kid. So, like, I think I just have, like, a natural ability with my hands. Uh-huh. Um But, yeah, but I was also so, I mean, so, so like, when I was a kid trying to recreate the Mona Lisa with watercolors, right, I was so obsessed with it that I essentially taught myself how to cook after years and I or taught myself how to paint after years. But it's the same thing with cooking. Like I just had so much time during quarantine. I just spent all that time just obsessed in my apartment, teaching myself how to cook. Yeah. But at the same time, like when it comes to recipes, a lot of recipes that I make, it's the first time I make them, you know, which I think is very exciting. So I've never like really mastered a lot of recipes. I think I've just like really started with like the foundations of certain techniques and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then and after that, I feel like you feel so much more comfortable in the kitchen.
2: Yeah, no, and that actually makes perfect sense. I was actually just saying that about you yesterday to Chef John Kung, because I had him on the Feed Feed Live and we were making dumplings. Oh, and I'm he was saying that true. when you when you made the dumplings at the Korean Vegans house, he said yours were like better than his, like the way, and I literally, I don't know, like if you, you can go back and like watch the live. Like he taught me, like he literally had his, Arms like wrapped around the camera, like bear hugging it, like showing me how to like pleat them, and I still couldn't do it. So like my hands are like basically the opposite of yours, as you know, <laughs> as like with dexterity and like general lack of yeah 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 just like lack of like any level of like tenderness. And so I couldn't do these dumplings, like I literally couldn't. And he yeah, was I mean, saying it's that
3: very difficult, especially like if the dough is just like a little too. Uh, like soft. Or like it's 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 not easy.
2: I couldn't do it. And he was like, honestly, like we were making these the other day and Fabrizio had the best ones. And I was like, that makes sense. I feel like he's just like good with his hands. Like you just have like artistic hands and mine are just the opposite of that.
3: <laughs> so- Dude, this is a, this is a dumb little fact, but it meant a lot to me when I was younger. Um, so when I was like, when I was a kid, I mean, I'd, I'd always wanted to like, pursue the arts like this is an elementary school i didn't care about anything except for um like like painting classes or like you know times when we'd like do crafts i didn't care about anything else so i i oddly really enjoyed cursive but i guess that was um but so i remember there's this one day where the, like our teacher was like looking up everyone's like the meaning of everyone's name right so when they came to me, and I grew up with like I grew up in like near Portland, Oregon, and it was like a lot of uh you know white kids. So like my had the most exotic name, if you will. Yeah. Um, a bunch of Brandons and Johns and Andrews and Adam <laughs> Stephen. Yes, yes, Steve's. Steve. And, uh, and then little Fabrizio just sitting there, <laughs> with, with black hair and like olive skin. Um, and so they got to my name, and apparently my name is like. It's like the Latin root is like Fabrice or something, which is like, means like fabricator or craftsman oh. who's good with his hands. So when I heard that as a young kid, I was like, okay, this is what I'm meant to do. You know, I like create stuff. So it's a fun little fact that my name is so cool. With his hands.
2: I like that. I like that a lot.
3: I said, you really dislike my name too. Uh, but now I feel but like... But it makes it,
2: sense.
3: It fits, it fits I used to really
2: dislike my name as well because people always messed it up. <laughs> they still do. Go, <laughs> they still do, even though it's... Hey, I I'm, feel you on
3: that one. I feel you on that one. People yeah. always mess up my name.
2: It's But mine is a lot, I guess, objectively easier than yours. But what can you do? No, what think. can you do? Yeah, it is what it is. Do I even... <laughs> do I even want to know the answer to this question? My question is like... When you're cooking for yourself each night, I assume it's a different process than, you know, you're making a nice video with a nice recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how are you approaching what's for dinner each night? And I I feel like I really don't want to know, but Why? it's going to be <laughs> it's gonna gonna be like, yeah, I've got uh, some molding uh, <laughs> bread in the, in the pantry oh, that's got to no, go. No. And, no. Or is it better than that?
3: <laughs> no, it's, it's better than that. If anything – I try to keep it more casual, but then there's that moment. Like if I'm like, all right, like all I want to do is just like, uh, I don't know, like I have some like a piece of salmon that I cooked the night before and like some like leftover rice. I mean, it's, it's mostly just like sort of like a like Frankensteining the parts of dishes that I made while filming. Right. Uh, so yeah, I ate a lot of leftovers. Uh, so then I'll be like, okay, this piece of salmon that I cooked the night before. And then this rice that I made yesterday and I was like, I'll just heat that up and toss like a little, I don't know, sesame seeds, like sesame oil or soy sauce, something like that. right? It's really simple. But then I'm like, oh wait, but I have green onions in the fridge. And I'm like, oh, but I have this, oh, I have those like shiitake mushrooms. And then, like, then I'll like, what was once a very simple dish, I'll end up like, oh, what if I do this? What if I do that? What if I do this? It's not like that every night, but I do catch myself like, you know, sort of adding on to what could have been a very microwavable, simple thing. And the good thing, too, is like when I'm not filming, I can actually clean as I go because when I'm filming, it's a disaster because it's everything's time (laughs) sensitive. I have to focus on the lighting, uh, you know, and like the shots and camera angles. So it's a lot of throwing stuff into the dishwasher, into the uh, dish pit. Um, Yeah, just like shoving it out of the way. Yeah, yeah, but when I'm not like, not worrying about like you know filming, um, I can actually just like keep calm and sort of like just uh, improvise and clean as I go, and uh, it's nice. I, I tell a lot of people when I'm filming when I'm filming a cooking video, I'm not really cooking; I'm mostly googling.
2: <laughs> like googling you know, like
3: what? Figuring it out as I like, go, temperatures or you know like uh, certain steps for recipes and stuff like, it's a lot of googling
2: you you so you're literally doing the googling like you haven't like it's not done in advance you're like okay so we've my got... life
3: has been a series of self sabotage alexa
2: <laughs> you're like all right so we've got uh we've got steak on the stove um how long does this bad boy need to go for <laughs> like as the camera's like rolling
3: that's essentially what it is
2: okay well you know, live life keep on, on the edge.
3: You keeps know? me, keeps me on edge.
2: Yeah, keep you on your toes. I like that. <laughs> so, what are some ingredients that you always have in your kitchen?
3: Um, shallots, and, and I know a lot of people that watch my videos probably could have guessed that shallots. I always have shallots. Um, garlic, eggs. Well, go, garlic, of course. Eggs. I always have like a can of San Marzano tomatoes, mm-hmm. tomato paste. Also, very important. It's, it's starting to seem like I'm. More Italian than I am Mexican. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You're <laughs> like, ah, oh, it is Fabrizio. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, some gabagool, so, uh. <laughs> Got yeah, the
2: prosciutto, had, like, prosciutto, the
3: ricotta, uh, Goat cheese, uh, like a good like sourdough. I always have to have that. Ooh. Um, I, you know, I I always I always buy like like a couple of potatoes, and I never end up really using them. Just because I'm like, okay, these last a while, and like everyone loves potatoes. I'm like, I'm always telling myself, like, okay, make like make like a potato recipe, and I don't really eat that much potatoes.
2: I don't really eat that many potatoes I don't really, either. I don't really
3: eat that many potatoes, either. yeah. So like, I always like buy them, and I'm like, ah, shoot. Now it's like <laughs> they've like grown spores. Yeah, yeah. It's like a,
2: it's like a secondary that's like, potato that's yeah. grown out of it.
3: Yeah. So like, ah, shoot, that's too late.
2: Oh, well, you tried.
3: Yeah, you yeah. gave it.
2: The, you gave it the old college try by <laughs> buying it. I
3: that, feel like that's what happens that, with all
2: my produce. That's it's just something
3: like, that I've had to learn. Uh, the most important lesson I think I've taught myself is now I understand um, like how much goes into whatever, and like and how I can repurpose ingredients so I don't so I have like the most minimal amount of waste possible. Um, so that has been sort of like a fun thing to learn.
2: An environmental
3: um, king. I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm try my best uh, to be as sustainable and environmentally friendly as possible. <laughs> well, thank
2: you so much. Me and Mother Earth, really thank you for your service.
3: <laughs> we appreciate but, uh, you. It's It's difficult. And I think that's like a really intimidating thing for, I mean, that also that's why I don't shop at like Trader Joe's because I think everything everyone is like pre-packaged and has like like a bag of shallots, has like 20 shallots in them. I'm like, geez, like, what, is this like Costco? Like what's going on?
2: So you were, so that kind of leads in my next question, which is how often do you grocery shop? Like, are you kind of going day by day? I know you have a lot of issues with grocery deliveries. Oh my what, gosh, yeah. So how often are you grocery shopping? I know you have to shop a lot for like recipe videos and stuff. So how are you doing it?
3: Um, so I, 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 like to do it. Um, I guess what would be considered sort of like the European method, <laughs> Or, I just, uh,
2: it's a very romantic way of putting I it.
3: Just, I, I go like every day to the grocery store, basically. Um, and, uh, I, I sort of enjoy doing that. I, I, I like to buy for specific recipes and I don't like to buy too much in bulk. I think it's mostly because I don't trust myself with like remembering, <clears throat> you know, that I, um, have like all these ingredients. And so I'd rather just like take it day by day with my grocery shopping. I do have like my staple items, you know, stuff that I, eat when uh when i'm not eating something it's like a recipe of mine um but but yeah i I, i'm not going to name the company but yes some of those delivery grocery companies um i've had you you've
2: You've been burned
3: the beef that i have with them were and this is is gonna sound so like first world problems cook first world champagne problems yeah i tried ordering a fresno chili once and the dude came back with a red bell pepper, and, and and I needed this for like a video that I was filming that day. I like, really needed this ingredient, the Fresno <laughs> chili. And so I spent like fifteen dollars just to order one singular Fresno chili. Um, and
2: and then you did it the next day, what? right?
3: I got another red bell pepper. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> I, like I've gotten like avocados that are like hard as rocks, you know. But but it makes sense. Like these people, I would never blame the courier or the person's getting them because. You know they're they're on a time crunch and they're just doing their job, and they don't have the you know like when I go grocery shopping I will like touch each individual piece of produce and I like make sure that it's like you know ripe or whatever and then they obviously they're not going to do that which makes sense
2: right yeah no I mean <laughs> I totally get it when I was when I was a TV reporter and I was like living in small towns because that's what you have to do you have to start in smaller markets and then kind of work your way up. I was living in like small towns in like the Midwest and I would go to the grocery store and I would like have, you know, the staff would be checking out and the person bringing me up would be like, what is this? And I'd be like, uh, that's an artichoke. Like they just like genuinely didn't know. Like it's, it's wild. I mean, obviously everybody's perspective is what it is, but I've definitely run into that many a time in my life where I'm like, Oh, this is not common knowledge.
3: (laughs) Oh, and, and I get it. It's, I mean, like who am I to talk, you know, like I look back and I mean, it's been like a gradual, um, sort of like an exponential, like, like an, like an expansion of my knowledge in terms of like food and ingredients and stuff like that. But when I look back to like even a year ago, I didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why I was such a crappy waiter. I didn't even know like what was in each dish. Like I would always like be, I don't know, uh, recommending dishes and people would be like, Oh, like um was the salmon uh farm raised or like wild (laughs) caught and in my mind i'm like wait there's a difference
2: yeah you're like which one's the better one which one's the
3: better one one?" yeah i didn't know or like oh like um is it like persimmon season i'm like i don't even know what a persimmon is like i had no idea about what i was talking about so when you know especially like in the comments when people will ask like oh what is that and now i'm like oh this is obviously this i'm like no 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 Fabrizio. It's not obviously this. You didn't even know what that was until like six months ago.
2: Wow. And look how far you've come.
3: Look at that. Who would have thought?
2: Yeah. A real, a real glow up. We love to see that. And look at now you can just be a pretentious pain in everybody's ass. Just And you can pretend like you forget oh, your roots yeah, yeah. and everything. I,
3: it's, I, I, that's not a recent development. I've always been a pretentious pain in everyone's ass. Now <laughs> I've developed into this specifically food uh, scene situation.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's important.
3: <laughs> I mean, I have, I have some sort of consistency within my character. So yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: yeah, Character development, of course. Yeah, there you go. So tell me, I feel like I know, but tell me who inspires you. Ooh, uh, besides my, besides me, obviously. <laughs>
3: <laughs> besides you. Um, <laughs> is this on the record? Is this on the record?
2: It is. <laughs>
3: Are we, are, we, are we recording? Are we rolling? Um, besides you. Um, I mean, I told uh, Chef John Kung and I told uh, Joanne, also known as the Korean vegan. Um, I was like, I mean, when I first started like food TikTok and whatnot, they were two of the first people that I followed. And I mean, to just be in Joanne's home, cooking alongside Chef John, to me, I was like, wow, like this is, this is crazy. You know, I used, to, I used to watch them and be inspired by their videos, and just be like in my apartment, like, "Oh my gosh, like these people are incredible." And then I like almost it feels like in the blink of an eye, I'm like cooking with them. You know, like Joanne was like making me breakfast. I'm like, "What is going on?" <laughs> uh, I mean, they're both of them huge inspirations. Um, Sola, I think from Bon Appetit. Also, uh, I just loved her personality and. Um, All her recipes – I made her um, like potstick recipe. That was another – like one of the first recipes I ever made um, at the beginning of quarantine. And uh, I don't know. I just like really liked what she had to offer at the – like with the Bon Appetit test kitchen team. Um, uh, Steven Cusato, another – I mean he was like one of the first uh, people I was watching during quarantine. His YouTube is incredible. Um, Steven Cusato – uh uh not another cooking show right yep uh and yeah and the fact that we got to hang out with him in new york also like i'm like it was crazy
2: look at that
3: oh, i know look at that who would
2: have thought look at <laughs> <Not> us Me. <laughs> who would have thought not me <laughs> and, uh, those are some good ones yeah i know you love like anthony bourdain
3: oh i mean anthony bourdain he's always uh uh he, i mean he's number one i, was, I even before I got into cooking, I read Kitchen Confidential. And that was a huge inspiration for me. You know, that yeah. was, to me was like, it was a testament to how the most, I don't know, rugged and the most, um, like someone that you would never expect to succeed in a certain craft uh, can do it. And it's, you know, it's not this, sometimes like, to me, I mean, you you know me. I'm not a very like I'm very unorganized I'm very um you know scatterbrained I I you know very much I would say like the typical artist type in the sometimes I get a little now that this has become sort of like a business and you know there has to be a sense of organization and you're dealing with um uh suits essentially Mm-hmm. I always sort of get down on myself i 'm like, oh my gosh i'm not that guy that wakes up at six in the morning, takes a cold shower, has like a like a good healthy breakfast goes to the I, gym <laughs> goes to the gym, checks all his emails answers them right away i'm not like that at all and so, like reading a kitchen confidential to me, I was like, You know what like yeah, sort of take things at your own pace, just know what you're passionate about and what you want, and just kind of like just do it and like if you really love it and you work for it um and you're right for it i think it'll sort of like come to you um but i don't know i just like anthony Bourdain, huge inspiration rest in peace um yeah. love you,
2: <laughs> very inspirational words from mr Vio Pondo this fine <laughs> afternoon <laughs> thank you so much for that appreciate it all right we're gonna take a quick break and hear from our sponsors
1: with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com.
2: Okay, now I have a game for you. G-rated, f Mary kill. Okay. the three items for you to choose what is between. The,
3: what does the F stand for?
2: I don't know. <laughs> so the three items are avocado, okay, shallot, Ooh. and wine.
3: Ooh. So okay, we call this like kiss, marry, kill. Okay. Sure. Um. Wait. Wine, shallot, avocado. Yes. Kill the avocado.
2: Kill the avocado. Okay. Oh, wow. yeah, kill the avocado. That was fast.
3: Mmm... <sighs> Mm. I mean, I want to like kiss the wine, but I also want to kiss the wine forever. So I guess marry the wine. Oh, and then uh, kiss, the kiss the shallot.
2: Kiss the shallot. Have a nice tender moment with your shallot. Yeah,
3: have a nice tender moment with the shallot. But like, I always know that the wines at home.
2: The wine's always there waiting for you. <laughs> it I honestly like such I honestly, a toxic relationship, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it is toxic. I mean, That's what I was going to say actual maybe actual that was the kiss one. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so maybe that's a you problem. This is a you thing that we are working on. <laughs> <laughs> but I get, I appreciate the honesty. 12 and hours was,
3: sober, baby.
2: <laughs> 12 hours, literally. So proud of you. I think they have a coin for that.
3: Do they? I think <laughs> the they do. The size of a dime.
2: Yeah. Very, very important, twelve hours. Oh my god. Well <laughs> thank you so much for for all your wonderful insights and for sharing your story with me and our listeners. Was there anything else important burning for you to get off your chest that I have not asked you?
3: Um tip your weight staff. Oh thank you. No, I just wanna give it like a message to the people. Tip your weight staff. It's the right thing to do. do okay. Yeah.
2: I think you're going to change everybody's mind with that one.
3: <laughs> yeah. My profound message to you all is please. Thank you so much. Tip your weight stuff.
2: Oh, TM. That's the, <laughs> that should be your, um, like your little under your handle, like part of your bio, like tip your weight stuff. So tip it's,
3: your weight stuff. I'm going to seem like the nicest, but also most like misogynistic guy ever. Hey, <laughs> broads. Tippy your weight stuff.
2: Hey, Oh my God. Steph. I don't
3: know. Please don't cancel me.
2: Please don't. Please, God. Oh, my God. Well, thank you so much, Fabrizio, for joining me today. It has been an absolute pleasure and delight. And honestly, I thought I knew pretty much most of what there was to, knew, to know about you. And I still learned fun and interesting things. So oh, look at that. you're just a, a, just a wealth of rich stories and funny anecdotes. So appreciate you entertaining me.
3: Oh, I appreciate you asking me the right questions. <laughs>
2: Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is The Feed Feed, head to thefeedfeed.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Feed Feed, and don't forget to follow Fabrizio on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube at The Moody Foodie, If you have a food story or want us to interview a blogger, cookbook, author, chef, or restaurateur who has helped you solve that question what's for dinner we would love your suggestions just send us a dm on instagram see you next time
1: the feed feed is powered by simplecast thanks for listening to heritage radio network food
2: radio supported by you for our freshest content subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradio.org Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio.
1: You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage radio network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from our listeners like you want to be part of the food world's most innovative community. Subscribe to the shows you like tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Thanks
2: for listening.